As you could probably tell from our uh, memory verse this morning, we're going to be in Acts chapter 10 this morning. We're going to continue our study of Acts. Now, most of the chapter, most of chapter 10 is about two guys, Peter and Cornelius. And so, rather than read the entire chapter 10 to you this morning, because I know some of you would nod off about halfway through, we're, we're just, I'm going to kind of give you the highlights, okay? We're just going to be talking about Peter and Cornelius. And that while we go through this, we'll see that there are some smaller lessons to be learned. There are some, some, some things that, that, that we should be thinking about, but there is a an overall message to chapter 10 that I don't want us to miss. And so we're just going to hit a few verses along the way and, and talk about the, the people involved, uh, Peter and, and Cornelius. Now, this chapter also, something happens that has never happened before, and that is that the Holy Spirit comes on Gentiles, non-Jews. The Holy Spirit comes for the first time on Gentiles, people that are not Jewish. Now, we don't think a thing about that. That, that just uh, that doesn't strike us at all. But we have to realize this church. We have to realize that, think about it, think about Acts chapter 1 to chapter 9, it has all been about Jewish guys, right? It's been Jewish guys. The entire church is Jewish people. And so the Holy Spirit coming upon the, the Gentiles is a is a, a shock to everybody, and and we'll see that as we as we get to the end of the chapter. In in fact, it becomes a big deal. And and later on in Acts, they have in Acts chapter fifteen, they have what's called the Jerusalem Council, where they all get together and say, "Is it possible that God, this Jewish God, the God of the Jewish people, and the and the Jewish Messiah, could they could he really save non Jews?" I mean, could that actually happen? And so that all, that all starts right here in chapter 10. So let's kind of work our way through, again, looking at the, uh, at the people involved first. And the first is in Cornelius. We meet Cornelius in the first part of chapter 10. And he's, he's a Roman soldier. He's a centurion, which means that he's the commander of a centuri, which is uh, uh, roughly 80 to 100 soldiers. So this is a Roman commander, and somehow this Roman commander knows the God of the Jews. Somehow he worships Yahweh. He prays to Yahweh. And, and, and it says, in fact, he's a devout man who feared God in verse 2. So, so we have this, and now I'll be honest, my curiosity, I would love to hear the story of how this Roman commander comes to faith in God. He is, realize Roman, the Roman soldiers are an occupying force in, in the Jewish world. They are not looked upon with any favor at all. And in fact, the Romans don't like the Jews very much either because they're the ones that they have to police. And so it, it, it really is, uh, is a, a strained relationship at best. And so to think that this Roman commander would come to, to know the God of the Jews would be a great story, but we're not told that. We're we're just told he is. We're just told he has a devout, he's a devout man who feared God. And so Cornelius has a vision. And in this vision, an angel from God comes and tells him, you need to go talk to Peter. 
And he tells him exactly who Peter is and where to find Peter, right down to Simon the Tanner's house. He's right there. So what, what Cornelius does after this vision is he calls another soldier, which is also described as a devout man. So another God-fearing Roman soldier and a couple of house uh, slaves and, and sends them to find Peter. So then we get to Peter. Now, Peter is still in Joppa. This, that's where uh, Tabitha was raised, or Dorcas was raised from the dead. And, and Peter goes up on a, on a rooftop to pray. And while he's up there, he gets hungry. I suppose that happens, right? I'm praying and get hungry. I know right before meals, I know that happens. But so Peter is up on this rooftop and he's, and he's praying and he gets hungry. And so he sees this vision of a sheet coming down out of heaven full of animals. And, and he hears God say, rise, kill, and eat. Get yourself something to eat. Here's all these animals. Now, Peter says, no, God, I'm too holy for that. I, I can't possibly, you know, the, the Jews had a very strict dietary code. And so Peter's saying, I have never violated the dietary code. I'm not going to now. I'm way too holy for what you're giving me, God, which I guess is, is a, the first lesson we should consider. And, uh, and so God tells him what God has made clean, do not call impure. And this happens three times, and then the, the sheet goes back up into heaven. So what's this about? What's this, what's this vision about? Well, it, it, is it about animals coming from heaven? Is it, is it about the Jewish dietary laws? It's not, actually. What it's about is it's about Cornelius and his family. What Peter is learning right here is that God chooses. Peter doesn't. As churches, sometimes we, we decide who needs the gospel and who doesn't. That's God's choice. And Peter learns that right here. He learns that, that he can't call Gentiles the great unwashed or dogs or unclean because God has sent him to do this. And, and while he's starting to figure this out, um, the Holy Spirit comes to, to Peter and, and, and says, get up and go with these guys. These guys that are downstairs asking for you, get up and go with them because, and, and have no doubts about going because I have sent them and I am sending you. So, so that's sort of where we get to this story of Peter and, and Cornelius meeting. So then we have the meeting. Peter arrives with, with the, the devout soldier and the two other uh, household slaves. He arrives, and Cornelius bows down and worships Peter. Now, I want you to stop and think about that, because Cornelius is a Roman commander, People bow down to him. He doesn't bow down to anybody. And here he is bowing down to Peter, taking a knee and worshiping Peter. Now, Peter says, wait, I'm just the messenger. I'm just a man like you are. Now, Cornelius, as it turns out, isn't just the only one at the house. Cornelius has decided to bring all of his family and all of his close friends so Cornelius has a party going on. And so Peter and Cornelius meet, 
And they exchange these stories about what God has, has said to them recently. Cornelius tells Peter about his vision, and vis- Peter tells Cornelius about his vision. So, so Cornelius says, come into the party. Here's where everybody's gathered. Now, it's against Jewish law for a Jewish man to go into this party of Gentiles. But Peter has learned his lesson. Peter is, has, still hears the, the voice of God ringing in his head saying, don't call unclean what I have cleaned. And so he goes. Peter goes. And then we have, and we're going to pick up in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. We're going to read what, what Peter has to say. It is up here, but I know it's very small. Can you, somebody want to read that? No? All right. How about if I read it to you? Is that all right? Peter began to speak. Now, I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism, but in every nation, the person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. He sent the message to the Israelites, proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You know the events that took place in all of Judea, beginning with, from Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and went about doing good with, and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil, because God was with him. We ourselves are witnesses of everything he did in both the Judean country and in Jerusalem, and yet they killed him by hanging him on a tree. God raised up this man on the third day and caused him to be seen, not by all people, but by us whom God appointed as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. So what do we learn from this story? As I said, there there are smaller points, and I'm going to bring up a couple of smaller points, but there's an overall message here. What do we learn from Cornelius? Cornelius had devotion to God. He was called a devout man. The angel even tells him in in, in his vision that his prayers have been heard by God. Cornelius probably thought he was good with God, right? He was devout. He he believed there was a God, believed in God, even prayed to him. Cornelius probably thought he was good with God. But Cornelius needed the gospel. Cornelius needed Jesus. It's pretty easy to think that you're okay with God because you believe there is God. You need the gospel. You need Jesus. We have a, a kind of a lifestyle in, in Christianity that is, that is moral and ethical. And, and, and I'm sure Cornelius had that as well. He lived by the rules as much as he could, not being a Jewish guy. He lived as much by the rules as he could. But none of that was enough, was it? He needed Jesus. He needed the gospel. And so God sends him or tells him to go get Peter because you've been heard. Your prayers have been heard, but you need 
this message. You need the gospel. What do we learn from Peter? Well, Peter is sort of actually very similar to Cornelius. Peter thought he was, he was good with God. because he, he thought he knew what God wanted, right? I'm following the dietary laws. I know Christ. Peter has preached some amazing sermons in the book of Acts. He knows Christ, but, but he's also still following all this other stuff. He still has religion. He still is deciding who gets the gospel and who doesn't. This early church was deciding, well, we're going to go like Jesus said to go, but we're going to go to Jewish people. We're going to go to people like us. We're only going to give the gospel to people like us. That's not the church's job. The church's job is to proclaim the gospel everywhere. And that's what Peter is learning here. Peter is learning that that he isn't the decider of who gets the gospel. The church isn't the decider of who gets the gospel. Everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins in his name, as it says. Everyone. The... uh, the dietary laws and the and the rules they had they had <clears throat> the Jews had kind of built this as a wall between themselves and the Gentiles. We're different because we do this stuff and we don't do that stuff. We have our list of do's and we have our list of don'ts, and that makes us different. That's not enough. We still have that problem in churches today. We want to build a wall between this is moral ethical behavior. And they don't get Jesus because they're not following moral and ethical behavior. The church doesn't get to decide that. God decides that. They needed to, Peter needed to preach the gospel to somebody he never expected. Has God ever had you do something you never expected? That's exactly where Peter's at. He has never expected to be preaching to a group of Gentiles, Roman soldiers and his family and and friends. This is the last crowd Peter would have have tied on the, the preaching robe for. But here he is. What we see, the bigger picture, what we see is God's preparation. God prepares Cornelius by giving him this vision. He's devout. He's praying. He's, he, he knows who God is. But his heart needed to be prepared to hear the gospel. So God prepares the hearer for the gospel. I, I'm going to stand here and tell you somebody in your life is being prepared to hear the gospel. Right now. Just like Cornelius is. Somebody in your life is being prepared by God to hear what Jesus has done for them. That's what we learn from from Cornelius. We also see that God prepared the preacher, didn't he? He prepared Peter to, to share the gospel. Peter was not ready to share the gospel with this group of people. This group of people was unwashed and unclean and, and they were impure. This isn't who Peter expected to preach to. So he had to be prepared. His his experience with God 
caused him to understand the gospel better. It caused him to understand he needed to go to these people. Your experience is the same. The experience that you have had with God prepares you to share the gospel with somebody else. Everything you've been through, every, every experience you have had has prepared you to share the gospel with somebody else. We see it in Peter. It's, it's what's still going on. God is still preparing somebody to hear from you, and he is still preparing you to share the gospel. It can be really fruitful. And I suggest that you take some time this afternoon to think about how God has worked in your life. Because that's what people need to hear when you share the gospel. They don't need theological study. They don't, they don't need to hear all of these, these awesome words that you know in Christianese. What they need to hear is that what God has done in your life, how your experience with God has brought you to to today. That's what Peter did. Peter says, I understand the vision now. God has told me not to call unclean what he has cleaned. Peter used the experience to share the gospel. We can do the same because God is preparing somebody for you right now to hear the gospel from you. And God is preparing you right now to share it every experience you have. After Peter's message, read the next section that, that we didn't read, this is when the Holy Spirit descends upon the Gentiles. And Peter is just astounded. The Holy Spirit coming to a non-Jewish people. He, he cannot figure out how this Jewish Messiah could save the non-Jew. This is just incredible to him. We look back, uh, we kind of look back at, at, at things like this with New Testament eyes, you know? We kind of look back and think, well, yeah, that's just how God works. But this is the first time. And so this church learned something. Peter learned something. What we learn is that the church is not the one who decides who gets the gospel. God decides that. We are just ready. He prepares us. We are just ready. And it's a simple gospel message. Everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Doesn't get much easier than that. Who is God preparing in your life? Is it a family member? Is it a neighbor? Is it a friend, a co-worker? Somebody that, where you shop, somebody where, in the restaurant where you eat. Who is God preparing for you right now? And how has God prepared you to share the gospel with that person? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. I would be remiss if I, if I didn't say maybe the preparation was happening to you before you came here. And so you need the gospel. You can accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, with a simple prayer. You can simply say, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. 
I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on the cross in my place. He died to save me from my sin. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life, empower me, give me the Holy Spirit that I see in this chapter. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Maybe this morning you know Christ. Do you need to take a a moment to look back over how God has worked in your life and identify who might relate to that for you to share the gospel to? Who is God preparing to hear the gospel from you? And how is God preparing you to share the gospel? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, that we we see the inner workings of the Holy Spirit. We see you at work in Peter's life, in Cornelius' life. And we can see you at work in our own lives. Help us to see how you have prepared us to share the gospel. And help us to identify the person you have prepared to hear it. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Uh, beautiful name.